The main podcast is a free media source with a mission to provide better transparency in the market to connoisseurs, medical patients, recreational users, store owners, growers, extractors, and everyone in between. This is made possible through generous support from our sponsors who cover all corners of the great state of Maine. A special thank you goes out to Treeline Cannabis, Planet Tim, Watered Roots, Rugged Roots, The Head of Yeti, Tastefully Baked, Cure Cannabis, The Shack 420, Humble Family Farms, Canamelts, Salty Cultivation, The North Fire, Highbrow, Team Green, Seaworks & Co., Bade Space, Zero Gravity Extracts, Wisely Cannabis, and Stoner & Co. For more information on how you can support those who support us, please visit our website, www.mainpodcast.com, and click our Sponsors tab. My philosophy around kids, I have two kids, one nine, one five. Um, you know, just tell them the truth. Mm -hmm. Be honest with them. Um, you know, we, ha we have this great kids book called It's Just a Plant, and it, and it talks about the medicinal values yep. and how it's a strong medicine and it's not appropriate for children. Mm -hmm. You know, um, just being responsible, but not like necessarily hiding it. Because right. you don't want to have that stigma where they feel like they're doing something wrong like we did as a kids. You know, I've, there was a lot of that. Um, oh, know, yeah. Dare yeah, program yeah. And, and all this yeah. stuff where it was just like an evil thing. You know, um, I remember seeing a pipe when I was 12 years old and yep. I was like, what is that? I know I can't go near that. I mean, that's one of those. You know, I was. Carrie, that was the 80s. That was a crack than... pipe. Okay. That was not an animus pipe. <laughs> you were old. That was the 80s when you were. The, that was but, even the dare program then. And it's funny. My, my daughter cannot stand the smell of it. Like, mm -hmm. I, she doesn't want to be close to me. If it's it's in flour. The garden. She, doesn't, yeah, like she doesn't like the smell of flour or, you know, or the smell of smoke or yeah. anything like that. Yeah, I was going to say smoked or raw. Uh, either way. Um, I get the smoke surprising. thing. I don't like the I don't like a stale like stale smoke smell in a room is like ugh to me. But my son, who's like five, like he's helped me in the garden. He's more into it. He likes to uh, you know we'll have him out there trimming the hemp plants when we were growing our hemp crops outside and mm -hmm. try to have him involved planting. He likes transplant, just getting his hands dirty, even yeah. if it's just for a few minutes. You know, I have kind of a dream that he might take over the business one day. <laughs> we have this dynasty, you know. Do, you know yeah. A guy can dream, but he seems like he might be more into it, um, you know, later in life. Uh, and again, we... He's same, attracted to plants. He's attracted, he's attracted to plants. He's attracted to the process. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, likes, he likes playing in the garden. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. and, he likes, and he likes being with me, which is great. You know, we, we like hanging out together. Win-win, really. Exactly. This is going to yeah. work out great because my oldest, who's four, loves baking. So, <laughs> oh, really? So we'll just you guys get that, them both yeah. trained yep. and yeah, then totally. we'll just pass it on. It'll be great. So this, leads, <laughs> this transitions so well into what I want to know. Can we talk just a little bit about... Renee, Dave, how this whole mashup happened. I know that you said yeah, that totally. there was, because of Renee, you met Dave through uh, something with baking? Or uh, something? We, we met through our mutual friend, uh, Josh Pataki. Yes, of Bread and Butter Catering. Bread best, and Butter, that's what you said. Best okay. catering business in Maine, in my opinion. Definitely. And, and, and probably one of the best chefs in Maine, too, in, yeah. in my opinion. How uh, do they cater? At what scale? Very large, and it's all s super high quality, amazing food. Um, mm -hmm. And they're out of, are they out of the Portland region? Uh, South Portland. Yep. Nice. South Portland. Yep. Yeah, so I used to work for them. I had this theory that I wasn't going to start my own business until I worked for every part of pastry. Right. So I wanted to do a job that was chocolate and um, baking really early in the morning and really late at night and doing dinner service and all these things. So they had a bread company. 
a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I w- started working for them uh, making breads, and then I ended up renting space from their kitchen to have start my own company, and then went hand in hand with their catering company, and basically became like a full service building. Interesting. Yeah. And you were just saying yeah. to Josh one day, and happened to walk by. Yep. And yeah. Yeah. So I. So Hazy Hill started like in about 2000, uh, 2011, because it's been 10 years mm-hmm. uh, this year. Wow. We've been in congratulations. Yeah, Thanks. congratulations. Thanks. 10 years strong. Um, and about six years ago, I, you know, I've always had a love for edibles. Um, but whenever I made them, they just, you know, all you could taste was weed. Cause I was, like <laughs> crammed as much weed as I could into the butter. Um, and it, they were just way too potent too. Like it was, you know, you'd have to, it'd be a Carrie's whole, made some so of your those. doses were laughing. off a bit. My doses were way high. Yeah. Um, and you know, so I, I wanted to get into, to a product that where, especially you, you might not necessarily taste it. Um, and that's why we use a lot of distillate in our product is because we didn't want to have all the flavor and terps. <sighs> Um, in the product. Mm-hmm. Um, more recently, we've gotten into, into hash raws and edibles, um, which, you know, is full spectrum, mm-hmm. has the terpenes. Um, you can taste it. But I think it, it's, not, it's not bad at all. I, I, and I actually enjoy the taste. Uh, I think you just have to, to pair it correctly with the right other ingredients. Yes. Um, no, I, which is crucial. I agree. And Renee, feel free to interrupt me at any time. But it does seem like some of the... It seems like some chocolate bars I've had that have been made with hash rods and have a little bit more flavor. And I'm almost it's just because they're like skimping out on the amount of chocolate itself because they seem like more thin sometimes. And that's where I can, it seems like if there's less chocolate used and the ratio isn't right, you can, that weed flavor really comes through on a hash rods and edible versus some people have that, that ratio down of ingredients to, you know, or, or non medicated ingredients to medicated ingredients. And that's where you kind of have a, a really harmonious uh, relationship between the food and the cannabis. Yeah, so we've been talking about that a lot lately because we have um, chocolate-based products. Uh, our first hash rosin thing was um, peanut butter cups, which the peanut butter and the hash rosin, you know, covered in chocolate went really well together. We've yep. been getting really good feedback on it. We're actually going to add it as one of our staples. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll have the hash rosin, but we're also going to keep the distillate. So we'll have both kinds both of both offerings. Right. So for the Because some people, no matter what, are just not gonna like that taste. Right. And yep. it's acquired. You know, mm-hmm. like not everyone likes cilantro. Maybe not everyone likes Yeah, right. That's a great sure. example. Yeah. Like when making the peanut butter cups, it smells so strong that I swear I was baked for twenty four hours. Well. Like <laughs> I don't like we don't cook it. So uh-huh. I don't think I was unless I got it on my hands, which is possible. Um, but you could like just you could tell which ones were which just by the smell. Yeah, the raw material smelled yeah. anyway, yeah. So we've talked about it, and I don't want to put that flavor in anything, any of our fruit-based items. Mm-hmm. And we've mm-hmm. talked about, like, it, when we do it, if we do it into bars, maybe it'll be a, like, hash rosin distillate mix so right. that you don't get that full flavor. The full because, punch of it, but you still yeah. get the effects of, like, the full spectrum. Yeah, because our bars are mm-hmm. 100 milligrams, which is a lot per bar. Right. Yep. Like, the peanut butter cups are only 10. Mm-hmm. So just that ratio of flavor is a big thing. Right. If you're going to have a hash rosin edible and it's going to be a high milligram, you're just going to, you're going to have that taste, you know, it's kind there's of no getting around. Yeah. 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 Right. I've and seen like, some 500 milligram and it just looks and it did smell that way. There's right. no getting around that yeah. if you want to get that much, unless 
What if you offer it as a supersized? No, well, no. Now well, you're talking about eating way too much chocolate. Well, it's way too much chocolate. Is and there a thing? That's a whole other. <laughs> not really. Not from my vantage point. I love chocolate. Right. But, uh, we've sorry. noticed with yeah. our stuff that so much of it is also like, what can you put in the package? Yeah. So like, whenever right. we come up with something new, like we throw out ideas to each other all the time, and then we have to be like, okay, so practically, like, how is this going to happen? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, if we. We've talked about doing a larger milligram bar, but if we do that, are we going to get a larger bar mold? Are we going to get all new packaging for it and have an entire new system of design? All the, you know what I mean? Like there's so many steps and then the ridiculous amount of information you have to have on all of this. Yeah. Like to do a new item, you have to plan out because you have to make the item, test it, get it how you want it, and then you have to go and design all of the packaging and make sure like all of our stuff. Don't um, forget the nutritional facts. Yes, oh my God. Mm, yeah, right. Uh, yeah. And this is, it does. So it, many. It almost like stunts creativity, but at the same time it's good because I feel like that's what really is making a lot of edible companies stand out. Like if I can turn it around and see what's in it, like that's new compared to like what, you know, even like last year, what a lot of like edible companies, they weren't putting ingredients on it because there really wasn't a need to. And I think, I don't, I don't know the requirements, so I'm not sure if now there's 100% required, but I think, like, even if there wasn't, there's been such cultural pressure, like, that's the new norm, is to make sure that you're letting your consumer know what's in it, because it's attractive to people. Yeah, so when we found out what the rec rules are, we immediately started heading that towards way. those packaging rules. Mm -hmm. So, like... The font on the packaging is not smaller than size six. It has the warning label, the ingredients, the nutritional information, our location, our contact information, the dosage, like batch child resistance. Batch batch numbers too. Yeah. yeah. Hmm? Batch numbers yeah, as batch well. Batch numbers, that's right. uh, the Fridables, made on, yeah. Made right. on, tested on, created on, all Best Buy, all the things. So batch numbers you, are are with all products, right? All cannabis products. Is that correct. what point we've reached now? Yeah. Yep. yep. Okay. And so, that's a okay or or what's sorry, Evan. Is are you fine with that? Is that accepted in the process? For edibles, it works well because it helps me keep track of everything and know, like, I put so much of this distillate into this batch, and mm -hmm. this is the answer I got. Yeah. So if it's high, I know for the if next You're recording month, that data high. prior to everything's just right. seamless. That just helps us keep organized. So if someone ever says, like, like um, someone called us one day and was like, I ate a gummy that was so high, like, are you sure it was right? And I was like, yeah, that one tested at 17 milligrams instead of 15. Mm -hmm. And they were like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. But I like, you know, having that information to look back on yep. is key. Yep. Yep. Yeah, you got to have, you got to make that available. Will we be able to get away with, say, nutritional value or different things if they can scan? Or will that be accepted? Or, or is that? I don't think so. They need it like written out there and, yeah. Like okay. a QR code or something? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I think yeah. that got shut down for <laughs> testing on the packaging, right? Like, I, as far as you can't use that as a reference for that, you've got like, here's my test. Right. Scan it and look at that. I was, yeah. that, that's actually leads me to what I was going to ask is, what are you testing when you test an edible? Are you testing the, obviously you have to figure out the milligrams and that's determined by testing the distillate. And so now do you test the distillate and then do you also test like a bar? Yeah. Is that how it works? Um, so we've discovered that uh, different labs give different for results for things. So every batch of distillate we get goes to the same lab that we use for all of our edibles. Mm -hmm. um, and then... Um, one from every shout out to Nelson Analytical. Yes, Nelson Analytical. Thank you, <laughs> Lori. You're you awesome. are wonderful. We love you. We love you, Lori. Thanks I've seen them rush. popping up a little bit, so yeah, that's cool. Yeah, they're great because if we need something quickly, like we're always running out of peanut butter cups. It doesn't matter how fast we make them. <laughs> yeah, always running out. Right. Like, so you need that testing to occur in a pretty rapid. 
Yeah. Transition. Yeah, we have a great is it weeks or is it days? It depends. It depends on how busy if they I are. If I don't too. need it quickly, I don't rush it. Sure. But right. that I, way you can I rush needed something need. on Monday. I called them at noon and at six, they emailed me the results. Oh, that's oh, great. That's really cool. so, so it can happen that fast. It can, but again, if, we if have a really a yeah, we're, yeah. We have a really good relationship with them. We're probably mm-hmm. one of their best customers, so I think they they help us out when we need it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How many good. labs should Maine have? If let's let's imagine Ooh. that we stay at the well, same wait, what scale. Do they have right now? That's a great question. What do they have right now? I, I think there's one or two. I know there's no, Nelson, and I believe there's one more. I know there's at least one Nova? in Portland. Nova's one in Portland. Yep. Yeah. And I think there might be one or two more in the works, mm-hmm. but that's definitely a big concern. And why we want to have such a good relationship with the lab is because that could potentially be a big bottleneck. Yeah, mm. you know, if everyone needs to get their stuff tested, and there's only one or two labs, you know, that could be a huge holdup. And then you're sitting on product that could be on the shelf or, you know, with the consumer. Um, how come people? How come enterprises aren't getting into becoming labs? Any idea why? Do, um, from looking at, I never looked at numbers. I never looked at data about like how much cost it is and what you would need. And I don't even know what the cost. startup of something like that so is. Too. But I would assume the startup, even even then, the investment would probably pay off if if the environment stays as solid with as many numbers. Yeah, I would assume that would um, really work out well. I don't know what well. hoops they have to jump through. Like we have to go through a lot. Just to work with Just them. to work with it. Right. So I'm wondering. What do they have to go through on yeah, top of that? Yeah, how much do they have to do? And like, <clears throat> you know, they probably, I wonder if they have the same requirements like everything else does. Like you can't be in certain zones. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I wonder if they have that also. They do. They have like to get like the, the town has to opt in and all that kind of stuff. Um, and But I do think that most of the labs, you know, they, they're not just doing cannabis testing they're doing you know water testing and and other sorts of product testing that, where they might have some of the equipment already oh i didn't uh, re- i would have never honestly i don't know why i didn't think of that but yeah so nelson analytical definitely does water and and other testing i'm not exactly sure what but um yeah they definitely they're not just cannabis based huh hmm. i guess that makes sense maybe at one point we will see more labs popping up that are strictly cannabis especially when the demand gets to that point absolutely yeah <clears throat> So, it's almost like they should exist in every county, uh, something like that. Or at least maybe like so many per store. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, like something like that, a percentage of yeah. testing labs based on how many stores there are. You had, um, well, why, why get into hash rosin? Like when you, when you talk about um, making it available to patients, what comes along? Like we all know like full spectrum and we understand that. What kind of... How much of the education into what it is have you had to do in an outreach for, for, for patients? Not too much. I mean, I think there's just kind of a lot of people that want that. I think a lot of them seem to like the effect more. Mm-hmm. Um, like they More true? I, yeah, I've heard it's more true, more psychedelic even, um, you know, more euphoric maybe. I, I, I don't know. I don't personally have that um, it doesn't hit Experience. you that way. The only thing I, think I know, or do you say it a lower? Is it seems like it or? doesn't give me anxiety? Okay, that's yeah. like the one thing. I don't know if it's the full spectrum qualities of it. Like maybe I'm getting something else in there that's like it's not just raw THC. But like mm-hmm. my biggest difference is like if I eat a THC or THC, if I eat a distillate based edible and I do overdo it a little bit, like that's when I get anxiety. But it doesn't seem like I can quote unquote overdo it with the hash rosin one because I just don't get anxious. 
Right, but I mean, distillate still has all the cannabinoids in it, right? I mean, it's only just the terpenes that you don't you don't really get from the distillate. Mm. All the cannabinoids are still there from whatever product you put in. So even with distillate, you're still getting a multitude of cannabinoids. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. Mm. I wasn't. I didn't know that. I mean, granted, I don't know if I should know that. <laughs> Not in the extracting. There's so many things I learn about it. But maybe it's something to do with the terpene profile, I guess. But that's just something I've consistently noticed. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really sure what it is. It's it's some people say it's the entourage effect that you that you need that raw product to get to be full spectrum. I ju- I don't know if that's true or not. Um, but you know, I love eating hash raws and edibles too, yep. so I'm not hating at all. No, no. Uh, yeah. yeah, I know a lot of people hate on distillate <coughs> edibles. Um, not really sure why, but uh, <laughs> but I you know to each their own. You know. Yeah. Yeah, we get a lot of really good feedback about our distillate edibles. I get a lot of people that say that um, they have tried them in the past and haven't liked them, but then they've had ours and they do. And mm-hmm. I think that the biggest part of it is we, like, I do a lot of work on making sure the doses are proper. Yeah, you know, proper. And right, and the ratio labeled. of everything, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I, it all, all of our product is tested so everyone knows, you know, like, I um, made a batch of bars a couple weeks ago that were 18 milligrams higher than they were supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But it's on the package, and you can see it. And you right. can adapt for that. I got a question. Distillate, anybody who's used it knows that uh, warming it up to a particular temperature is when you can start really working it into the ingredients a little mm-hmm. bit more. What, um, what other like uh, consistencies? That must have been new for, for you. Or, or is yeah. there something that uh, kind of echoed how distillate reacts to temperature that you found in other ingredients before? Um. From a, so from a kitchen? The way that we use it is we'll get like a jar of it. Yep. And then we pour it out and I have the test and I get, I like measure it all out at once. Mm-hmm. And everything that we have that it goes into, it gets melted into. We don't cook it in. It's never in there for a long time. Okay. But you, you don't to, want to degrade anything. Right. You don't want to degrade it, but you want it to be hot enough to become fluid and to become like very And to break well down mixed. essentially. Yeah. Right. That way it's like, like homogenous. Exactly. Yes. So like a lot of people say that, um, our like sugar high, high, which is like our fruit chew, mm-hmm. and our truffle high are different. Um, but the any idea why they would think the that? truffles are cream and chocolate, mm-hmm. and there's this whole study about um, chocolate and cannabis and how they react together. Yeah, mm-hmm. I gotta believe that. Yeah, and yeah. I feel like those two emulsify together so well. Right, and the richness of the cream, which they also say like fattier things in your gut when right. you are trying to exactly. metabolize it, can help more. Yep, and then the sugar high is more sugar based, hence the name. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It you know it's just different. It goes different in everyone's bodies. I think some people too like had a bad experience with distilled edibles, obviously because of the label. You know, everyone's eating something a little too much, and I yeah, I think it really goes back to like that ratio of unmedicated ingredients to medicated ingredients. And it really like back in the day, it didn't even there was no hash raws and edibles, but some of them still tasted like you know <laughs> like a hash raws and edible. And I think it's just because they were jam packed with distillate. Or is it possible too to use like we talk about food grade? Is it possible that there's like a, a can it be too far gone where it's not even food grade and could that you know bring a taste into the edible itself because it's just dark old or not good product? The distillate or the hash rosin? The or distillate. Just in general? The distillate. Yeah. Um. Well, the distillate we get is pretty crystal clear. Right. Oh, it is. And I think that might have been <laughs> yeah. like. Is the it still term distillate or does it become something categorized differently? Is it like a delta at, at that point, or because it's been um refined or does it go through the process a few more times to get it to that point where it's clear am i right in thinking that 
Yeah, um, I don't do the solvent extraction. My my brother-in-law does all our. Wait, did you used to? I heard a rumor that you used to be the extract guy. That's uh, never nope. been true. That's never been true. I've, See, I've it's always a been rumor. a grower. <laughs> yeah, no, my okay. my brother-in-law is uh, Jordan of Royal River. Yep. Um, so he does all all our solvent extraction for for both High Peak and for Hazy Hill. Oh, nice. Okay. Yep. Yeah. We, so what we, we do all we do uh, we do have our own hash rosin lab. Um, in Portland, and uh, we have been providing High Peak with um, our food grade rosin. Um, is that hash rosin under the same name? Is it Hazy Hill? Or it is. You, yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. yep. Absolutely. You're going to be doing it in house, uh, or you are already doing it in house. We are doing. You're going to be putting it in the new location as well, right? A it larger. Is in, it is in the new location. That's already completed. Oh, oh, that's already completed. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. So, uh, Renee, obviously, we've talked a lot about High Peak and whatnot. Um, I was just wondering if we talked about the peanut butter cups too. Could you highlight any of like some of the signature products? You said that you're going to add that as part of like your normal run of stuff. What else is part of the High Peak brand? Like when people think High Peak, what do you want them to think for edibles? That's a hard one. I don't know which one. I think, uh, well, the gummies are our best seller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So right. the gummies are definitely on the next level. They're amazing. Um, they're not like your typical gummy. They kind of melt in your mouth, almost like a jelly, almost a jelly consistency. They're coated in sugar. They're mm-hmm. just amazing. And you call them sugar highs? Uh, nope. Those are just those the are just gummies. gummies. Those are the straight okay. gummies. And yeah. so there is a, there's a difference between the straight gummies and the sugar highs. Yeah. So yep. the gummies are um, fruit based, pectin made. They don't have any gelatin in them, so they're vegan. Um, when we get to the new kitchen, we can finally say that they're gluten free. Oh, okay. Good. <laughs> you have to like divide or whatever. They don't have gluten in them, but. Mm-hmm. Um, because you use the same kitchen or something like yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. I, I always heard there were some weird rules about being gluten free and having like yeah, two different work surfaces. Yeah, you just basically have to like send it out to a lab and get tested, and they'll tell you whether it is or not. Oh, so yeah, well, you have to get tested for that too. So yeah. It's like so a double a, down. And you can't send anything dosed to any other lab. You have to make an undosed batch. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah that's a if, that's a process. Like cannabis can only go to cannabis labs. Mm-hmm. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. It's there's a lot. There's a lot of rules. And I've also seen the truffles. Or your, uh, do you guys call? Is it truffles or is it bonbons? Uh, truffles. So truffles. And bonbons what is, is too cutesy. I can't stand it. <laughs> <laughs> you've been you've worked that into the menu quite a while now. Yeah. yeah. So that was actually just playing our first, around with colors. Was that our first? Was it truffles or gummies? I think it was truffles. I think I, I saw the truffles first. To be yeah. completely honest. Uh, yeah. Those have. Um, what's a good word for that? Flourished. I guess they've expanded quite a bit. We went from. They're amazing. Thanks. Um, Big they, fan of the cake batter ones. Oh, oh, yeah, I think that's, that's what I have. Yeah, I love cake batter. Oh. She gave us a stash. Grab. I'm going to look through as you guys talk. Oh, yeah. top. oh, you're going to need a key for our child-resistant packaging. I won't go over the top. I just get, No, I, don't I worry. Don't let him. He doesn't, need to, he doesn't need to break into any of that. Um, we'll save him no, <laughs> it's better if I don't break into so it. So the truffles originally started out as, um, from my other business, I already made them. So basically I just had to figure out how to add the distillate to the chocolate, yep. and then we kind of just blew up from there. Um, they used to come hand-wrapped in foil in a little bag with a twist tie with a super crappy label on them, mm-hmm. and now they're in, you know, custom-printed boxes and trays that fit each truffle. They're all um, painted with their own, like, color coding mm-hmm. that we do. Oh, so you color code right. the, like, the actual, based on what it is. So, like, cake yeah. batter will have its own specific color. Uh, cake batter is actually our most fun one. That's the one we get to go crazy with. So, if we're, color, we have eight flavors right now. Mm-hmm. So, 
that's the one that we kind of do while we're doing all the other ones. Mm -hmm. And it's basically just crazy splatter painted. To look like Funfetti or something like that, yeah. I assume. Yep. Yeah. No, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, okay, I have a quick question that is a little bit off of like the medicated part, but so what is the chocolate that you call it? Like you roll, it's kind of like a truffle in a sense, but it doesn't have the hard coating. Ganache. Is that what it, but it's like, it's, it's, can you still have that in its own self? Like without, um, you, yeah, you can. Um, but with the shell on the chocolate is what seals in the ganache center and yeah. stops it from molding. Right. And, and keeps it, keeps, keeps it, it in it, like gives it its structure without that hard chocolate shell mm -hmm. it would just mush i because i see some though sometimes they have like a, a it's like not it's like chocolate but it also has like a powder coating to it yeah you know, it's just cocoa powder cocoa powder yep I, I don't know i always think those are so cool too but and um because i got them from that place in freeport wilbur's i think it oh, was yeah mm -hmm. some good chocolate there too but i swear some of the best stuff i've had has been from the cannabis industry like, and I'm not sure if it's because of the pure competition between a lot of people that is, that's driving everyone to make sure that they're top of the line, they're not slacking. But like, I'm, I like trying a lot of food and some of the best chocolate, some of the best treats I've had have been from people in the cannabis industry. The cake batter ones being one of them too, you know, just the consistency of it, the shell, everything. It's like, and it just seems like it's made, I don't want to say passion because it sounds like so like lame, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like at the same time, it seems like there's more thought put from the heart. Yeah. Would that be the better? <laughs> that's still, still just as corny, but yeah, you know, like that gets the point across. It tastes better. It tastes like there's a little bit more thought gone into what am I putting into this? Right. So especially with us, like we had to, with the trouble specifically, I had to perfect most of the recipes before even ever thinking about putting cannabis in them. So yeah. like we have a lot that we can play with in the future. Um, but I basically didn't want it to taste like cannabis. I wanted it to be a truffle that you wanted to eat, mm. which we sometimes hear is a problem because people eat one that's 30 milligrams and they're like, cool, I'll have another. And then they'll be like, wait, what did I do last mm. night? Yeah, right. <laughs> I know you wake up with an empty box and you're like, oh no. Yeah, I often <laughs> <It's> get- 10 a.m. <laughs> I often get like, I wake up to pictures on Instagram in the morning of people being like, whoops, I ate the whole thing. <laughs> like, where can I get these? Undosed? So could you offer <laughs> medicated cakes now? Um, true, so, I mean, true, uh, like if, like on, say, like, like you set up a day of the week, we, like on Fridays and yeah. full on medicated could, could that weddings. Work? Wow. It would be hard to do like or a birthday child, party. It, I mean, technically everything's supposed to be in child resistant packaging now. So it's like, how do you That's do where that? It might. You could do like a mini cake. Mm -hmm. Potentially we've definitely talked about doing something like that. Yeah. If we ever are allowed to do events, mm -hmm. I could easily do a dosed wedding cake. Yeah. Like, and that would be so cool. To, I feel like you could really branch off with that uh, medicated microwave dinner. I've been saying this to every other one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> I mention this all the time. All right. All right. Like Listen, someone will take it. I don't know. So if uh, the idea is to go gourmet or, or to, you know, he's right. I, I think in the cannabis industries, uh, the edibles have been remarkable compared to what access we have to a lot of other, say, chocolatiers or mm -hmm. people who are involved locally. So, uh, like where, well, how raised, did I get well, sidetracked yeah. on that? <laughs> they raise the bar, you know, the standard too. It's like, I feel like it goes back to competition. A lot of these candy shops that have been here have survived, quote unquote, the storm. They are the creme that rise to the top. And now but there's 
every edible maker in the state is really pushing themselves to make sure that they are also raising the bar. And there are so yeah. many people they're trying to raise the bar against that they just end up becoming better than the actual chocolatiers in the state. <laughs> and you could say the same thing about the flower in Maine. You know, I think that Absolutely. the reason why we have such great flower here and so many talented growers is because there are so many of us and, you know, we, we help each other out and we also, you know, we, we know that there's competition out there. So we have to up our game constantly. We, uh, we've remarked, and uh, you probably feel the same way, or I'd like to hear your opinion on this, but Maine is a special thing, and just to call it special on the surface feels like we're selling it short, to think that they're of the talent we have from all around America who are now here, and then the quality of what those Maine growers were already, this is a great like fusion. This would be This is worth fighting for, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. And some of these new medical proposed medical rules definitely threaten a lot of that. Mm -hmm. You've seen the, you just with the benefit of Renee's business and yours, you talked about the competition that wouldn't be possible or as much competition would be possible under the new regulations. And Absolutely. we've seen how the free market allowed people like Renee there been, and the other chef that you were talking about when catastrophe struck, they were able to take their skills and put it into the cannabis industry and keep their house, stay on their feet, feed their family. That exactly. wouldn't be possible with these new regulations. There wouldn't have been that creative flow from one job to another, and it wouldn't have been as easy. Yeah, and even you know, more specifically, High Peak is in danger because if they were the proposed rules talk about how two caregivers can't own an LLC together, which mm -hmm. is just ludicrous. It mm -hmm. makes no sense whatsoever. And there's so many, you know, mom and pop business out there that would be affected and have to, you know, not only like separate their businesses into two, but, you know, just to think about the logistics around that, it's like twice the insurance, twice the payroll, yep. twice the, just twice the headache on everything, you mm -hmm. know, and, and as opposed to just running one, one business, it doesn't make any sense. And it just seems like they're attacking and trying to dismantle the medical program, um, which is sad. I mean, we're the second largest um, revenue stream in Maine, you know, Second to lobster last year, um, you know, two hundred and six. It's very impressive. Very yeah. impressive. Yeah, I mean, and, and our market extends well beyond Maine too. It's a tourist Absolutely. attraction. Absolutely, we're, you know it, and I know. We all know it. It's a tourist attraction. We're respected up and down the coast, mm -hmm. on the East Coast, as as one of the best places to get cannabis. And yeah, people come here for the cannabis. Um, you know, I think that a lot of people, when the pandemic first struck. Uh, Massachusetts shut their rec program down. They didn't really have much of a medical program. There wasn't like a caregiver system. And so everyone started coming up to Maine to get their, their medicine and their cannabis. And then they realized like, wow, this is way cheaper, way better quality. And, you know, even once the rec program opened back up, they kept coming. Mm. They, you know, they, and they haven't stopped. And in fact, they've told their friends and everyone's coming up and it's, it's awesome. And it's amazing for our economy, you know, cause this is money that's, this is products and money that are made in state and that money stays here instead of going, you know, somewhere else in the country or somewhere else in the world. Um, so the, uh, you wanted to be into that store, that location a lot sooner down in Portland. Um, I'm assuming not that this makes it any better, but the idea of what the pandemics allowed for the business to, to absorb something where, okay, well, we sat on this space for a lot longer than we ever envisioned. Um, you couldn't make the investment. You didn't know if you should or could continue to grow out certain phases of what the store or the location were 
I mean, you put in cultivation first, I believe you said. Yep, we got we got the cultivation taken care of. Um, and how long did it take to get a room dialed in, and or how long does it take to get a room dialed in in a new location? Generally speaking, from uh, your experience. Well, from you know, we've never had any outside investment. I have never really taken on any partners, um, so it takes me a little longer because I have to put up all the money myself. Yeah. Um, you know. Which is great in some aspects, but it's also really difficult to make things happen quickly sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, we're, you know, we have uh, beautiful facilities. We've been buying some amazing LED lights lately that we're really happy with. Um, and, you know, just always trying to, to get, refine our techniques, become as more efficient as possible. I really think that over the next few years, it's it's really going to come down to who can produce produce the best quality product for the most for the least amount of money. Who can be the most efficient and still have the best product? So, do you start looking at no till? Sorry, I didn't mean to throw that out there, but I had to because I hear the zero dollar overhead thrown around all the time. Yeah, um, no tills. No till. We don't do no till. But is that, would you ever, is that something that you could, could see more people doing in search of that extremely low overhead? Absolutely, yeah. And we've dabbled more and more with organics. Typically, um, we don't use 100% organic nutrients, uh, mainly because, you know, we find that the consistency is a little better, um, you know, with, with hydroponic kind of setups. We use cocoa mainly. Um, but we're using, you know, there definitely is a demand for organics, um, especially in Maine. So we have been doing a few rooms, um, you know, with living soil, nice. uh, with compost teas, mm -hmm. um, you know, and the product is, is great. It might not always have the same bag appeal, but the taste is there. And, you know, in my opinion, that's the most important part. And that's something that could be dialed in. Hey there out in Maine podcast land, wherever you might be, whether that's East Coast, West Coast, even even internationally. We love you. And thank you for listening and supporting the Maine podcast. One other company that we've been talking about is Stoner & Co. as a supporter and sponsor of the Maine podcast and the Maine medical cannabis community. Have you ever been to Stoner & Co.? Did you ever have the chance to go inside that store? It's this very uniform looking decor, black with an antique type look and a lot of whites too. And they really play off their colors well. It's branding of a, of a different era, maybe I'd say 20s. I'm inspired a little bit by maybe um, the era of, of dress and fashion. And so they brought it into this modern look and it's just entertaining. And, and it, I think it has something to do with their background a little bit. I know there's a little bit of a uh, theater um, influence in what they do, a little bit more of a like projecting a set, making you feel in a very good space. So something else that's going on over at Stoner & Co. is they recently took first place for highest THC percentage with the I-95 cup that uh, just occurred. I want to say it was here in uh, late December, early January that they were working on it. Total THC level is at 27.4 and total THCA tested at over 30%. Pretty solid numbers. If uh, you're looking to pack a punch with something, mule fuel is what you want. 
I believe you can find that in one of their snazzy little pre-roll tins. Uh, great look. I've seen them around at many other different stores. People love them. And they offer different flavors there, too. It was over the summer that they, uh, they delved into not necessarily telling you the strain that you were smoking, but the type of high that you could expect from it and flavor that you could expect from it. They do a lot of interaction and a lot of education online and in the store. Fabulous, fabulous model for creating the type of relationships you want. Stoner & Co's worth checking out down in the Biddeford area. Please do sometime soon. Tell them the main podcast sent you. Speaking of specific, if I can delve into this, you've created uh, some pretty good flavors that you've really continued to harvest and, and move forward with. Do you want to talk about it? I know that one of the one of the things that people talk most about uh, lately. I remember Evan and I's introduction into uh, hazy cookies and cream, Motor mm. Breath. Yep. Uh, the GMO was in there as well. Fuck that remember? cookies and cream in the best way possible. I remember I smoked a blunt of that and I felt like I was tweaking. That was <laughs> that shit was so potent. I was like shaking. I swear to God, you would have thought someone plugged me in or something like that because my hand, I could just hold it out and it was like vibrating. I was like, wow. Like, that's we were nuts. we were we were stoked though. We were working over there and um, I think one you had delivered a certain quantity of and and uh, Evan and I were like, oh, so um, hadn't seen it before. I mean, heard of it heard of but hadn't seen it and then uh, we lay eyes on it and dude what happened Evan like what were it was some of I mean we couldn't help but well, we, what happened we fondled is it, it sold those out. pounds it I'm gonna out. tell you we fondled those pounds I'll tell you exactly we what happened it sold out that. it sold out in like an hour is exactly what happened <laughs> that was the first thing then the second thing is we ordered more uh, and then that sold out again too and that's why I think it was a there was a really big demand and I kind of like what you did because it was like you gave everyone a taste and you're like, okay, well, now if you want it, you got to come right to me. Uh, <laughs> is that what I did? Was I that always the plan? Respected. It wasn't That's the plan, what happened, but, yeah. but I don't think it was a plan. It was, it it's a genius plan. move, no. though. It really was because, like, there was such just demand created. I don't like it. I don't like the plan. <laughs> okay. If we don't get you hey here man, in Lewiston. <laughs> just meet us in gray. It's up there. Yeah, I, mean, no, I, I know I, it's well, really not asking too it's much. It's not far I know at all. Not. So no, and but it was it from a business standpoint too, because the demand was there. It was a great quality product. And unfortunately, what's happened with a lot of stores is I feel like with a product like that, you can get a great uh, amount for yourself and also it doesn't necessarily affect the consumer so much because to feel like you get what a product is worth for a store you charge them what you feel like it is, and then they have to put on another tax on top of that so they can make money to the consumer. So I think being able to like have that direct farm-to-table approach can save consumers. It makes them feel more comfortable. And yeah, I think it's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, there wasn't, it wasn't the plan. It did play out pretty well. Um, you know, and I think that's probably our plan with the, with the store is that um, only Hazy Hill flowers will be available through that store. Um, whether or not we still have the delivery service at that point, I'm not sure. Right. Um, but, yeah, we, we do want to kind of exclusively, at least on the medical side, maybe just have that offered through through the Congress Street location. Um, what, what was the other one, too? So just to explain, this is where I started out, at least right mm -hmm. now about you. It was like, pine, uh, what was it, Pineapple Fields? Yeah, Pineapple Fields. Pineapple that, Fields. That was bred by uh, Dynasty Genetics. Yep. 
the cookies and cream, obviously. What else, Carrie? Feel free to chime in. Um, now I've seen, I've, I've yet to try, but I've seen the lime bars. Yeah, that's what I was that. bringing up originally. When lime I was bars, talking about yeah, this, just uh, lime bars. We we just <clears throat> tied ourselves for second place at the High Ninety Five Cup. Um, lime bars again took second this year. Tied ourselves. <laughs> yeah, and this, uh, the other second one was our with our Trop cookies. Uh, okay. Tropicana cookies, which mm. has become extremely popular as well. Um, yeah, what else? The Dosey Dough packs an amazing punch. Are yeah, you guys, certainly, this Dosey Dough is uh, That nose too. is always mm-hmm. just so on. Too. Yeah, That's the Dosey Dough, that was uh, from our buddy um, AJ's Flowers. Yep. Um, he, he picked that one out and gifted it to us. Uh, he hooked us up with quite a few strains um, a while ago. He was the one that handed over the GMO to us and the Mac. Um, the Mac's been extremely popular. Yeah, right, popular. left the Mac out. Yep. I didn't um, mean to own that. Gorilla Mac, Gorilla is, Mac has been really popular. That one was bred by my brother-in-law. Um, and more recently, we've been trying to do our own in-house breeding projects. Oh, nice. Yeah, we did a bunch of wedding cake crosses. Um, we have the Bridal Sour now available. <laughs> and, uh, That's the, funny. Uh, which is Sour Diesel by Wedding Cake. And mm-hmm. then the uh, Skittles by Wedding Cake, which we're calling the Devil's Cake. Oh, nice. Um, and then the newest project is uh, a bunch of, I did a bunch of Cali Mist crosses. Um, which is one of my all-time favorite strains. How and, come? Uh, the flavor and the high, both. Yeah. Um, it's got that old-school, amazing, like, hazy piff thing going on, lemony mm. terps. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the, the high is really soaring, and it's that classic, like, very heady, energetic sativa high. You know, they call Calimus, like, the, I don't know if it's the king or the queen of sativas, but uh, it, it lives up to that name, um, in, in my opinion. Does it go a lot longer, or is it? It about does. The same it's time like frame? it's you know most of our strains are, are are ten weeks. We have some that are shorter, eight or nine. That one pushes it like GMO to like you know eleven, twelve weeks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we crossed that with GMO, and that cross I'm really excited about. Some of the phenos tested at five to six percent terps, and we're really high in, in cannabinoids. You know, like what uh, is a, it? I, Forgive me for asking, what's a normal percentage of terps? Um, like, what are you normally looking for? Like, or, you know, like, or, or your dosey dough or something in comparison? Like around 2%. Okay, so that's oh, a substantial so jump. Yeah. yeah, five or six jump. is huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like, it's just flavor country. It's just your mouth is just coated in delicious, hazy. <laughs> right. Just, I, I Renee's laughing. I was just about to ask her, too. I was like, well, this relates to her, too. And have you ever thought about using some of the more flavored strains and tailoring it to a specific edible, like, and maybe trying to uh, exacerbate the flavor profile with pairing it with, you know, other ingredients? Yeah, we've definitely talked about it. We haven't brought it to fruition, but mm-hmm. I think we should put that on our list of things to do. Because I'll I th- yeah. add it to the that, very yeah, the long, long list. To-do list. Long and list. microwave dinners, I, I think, is on that list now, <laughs> yeah. too. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's about the only way microwave <laughs> dinners are going to work. If you add some turbine. <laughs> Dave, when did you feel as though you had achieved where you wanted to be as a cultivator? Well, how long ago was that in the process? So you, you kind of got, and to backtrack a little bit, you started a little bit when you were 15. Obviously, when yeah. did you find that point? I think it's sort of like an artist knows when an artist is becoming an artist and, and a musician is starting to become a musician. When did you feel like what achievement helped you realize, hey, this is a good direction. Like I'm, 
I'm yeah, gonna well, be good you know, at this. It's, it's definitely not just me. Um, it's been a lot of people. Yeah, I have an amazing team of people I work with. Um, Andy Holmes is, is definitely comes first to mind because he... The homie st- on Hazy Hill? The homie uh-huh. on Hazy Hill. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. him? That is the man himself. Wow. And, uh, What's Andy do? Um, so in, now in Andy's, title, Andy's title is head of cultivation. Okay. Um, you know, he is a amazing cultivator, amazing, um, you know, passion for cannabis, eye for detail, um, his work ethic is amazing. He's always there late at night, you know, getting it done mm. and, and putting in the extra effort that's needed to, to bring, you know, an A1 product to the, to market. Um, so shout out to Andy. I love you, brother. How long's Andy been with you or since, how long since have you guys the, been Since the together? beginning, since, yeah. uh, you know, we, again, we formed like in 2011, um, you know, I started and, and a few months in, I, I hired Andy as, as my right hand man. Um, and you know it's been a it's been a good partnership. Oh yeah, sure. no, I mean if it's already gone ten years, that's yep, yeah, a lot so, can happen in a year. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, and and we work with a team of, of great guys um, that all have similar you know passion and work ethic and. Um, so it's yeah. that sharing of information between amongst yourselves. Between exactly. Yourselves. Yeah. No, we've all grown as a team. You know, we always have you know weekly team meetings and and. Uh, and just try to always be, we, we know that we can always up our game. There's always stuff you can improve on um, in, one, in one side or you know, the other um, cultivation. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, and, and we have an amazing hash maker we work with. Um, uh, Travis uh, does an amazing job. Uh, he's on Instagram as well, um, Sin Solvent. Mm-hmm. Or Solvente, I'm not I think I've seen, sure. yeah, I think Solvente. I've seen it before. Yeah. yeah, I think, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, and uh, he, you know, he's fairly new to hash making, but he has just totally upped our game. Um, and and Andy, Travis, and I have been friends for many years. Um, I actually owned a head shop in Gray in my early 20s called the Gray Area. Um, <laughs> and uh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, it was a cool little shop. It was it was kind of similar to Terps a little bit. You know, we were kind of like a art gallery that sold you know pipes in the back. Yeah, right. You know, um, and that was great. You know, I just didn't didn't want to be stuck behind the counter um, all the time. And that's to make a decent amount to make money. That's what kind of took. It has to be. The owner has to be behind it. At at that location at that time, you know, there were some times I wondered, you know, if I'd held onto it, what, what would have happened? But, um, but yeah, I was, uh, I was partners with, um, Mr. Gray, who's a pretty famous glassmaker. Uh, he went to Mecca, um, the art college in Portland. And, uh, and I met him through, um, my friend, Bob Jordan, um, when we were working at flatbread together. Now Bob is helping us design a lot of our um, amazing packaging for High Peak. He designed mm. those boxes. Um, we recently just came out. All our bags are now going to be biodegradable, um, and he helped us design all those. And he helped design the logo for Hazy Hill. Um, so he's been really big part of our branding. So he's a big part of our team. Hey, so tell me about the sauces you guys have uh, introduced now. What's yeah, that so about? We, we've been wanting to do some more savory type items uh, to add to the menu. And uh, again, we worked with our friend Josh uh, and helped develop uh, three new sauces that we're going to try to put on the market soon. Something uh, spicy? Uh, a little bit. So we have a uh, charred shallot vinaigrette. 
Okay. Um, a nice smoky, rich barbecue. Mm-hmm. Nice. And good for grilling. Hmm? Good for grilling on that. Oh one. yeah. Are all definitely. of these good for grillings or? Um, well, the dressing's a little bit more, um, more salad. salad. Oh, dressing. oh, yeah. dressing. You said. I'm sorry. Yep. Yes. Okay. Um, and then. I'm high. <laughs> we're uh, we're still kind of. <laughs> there's definitely gonna be a hot sauce. Mm, there's yep. just a little variation of like who's gonna win the sriracha trulula battle that's been going on. Oh, so we'll see if both happen or. Oh, I'd like I to see that Chul- happen. I thought that was the chulula. Uh, you thought so? Oh. Sriracha's winning in my house. I don't know. Uh, all right, all right. It wages battle into my world once in a while. It doesn't ever win though. It doesn't ever get to that point. Um, so you're, um, what, when are these sauces, uh, anticipated? When, when are these coming out? Was it November, 2020? Um, <laughs> what? This spring. This, this spring. spring. Yeah. <laughs> that's why you said November, yeah, 2020. We've been working on things for a while. Oh, that's when the concept of the sauces? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And the summer we started playing with it and then, um, we were going ahead and then Christmas hit. That kind of paused us for a month and mm. then now we're right back at it. So gathering all the things that we need and then hopefully we can launch them when the store opens personal f- favorite okay. flavors i mean they're all really good yeah. the, they hit the, the spot, salad so. dressing's awesome and that's not something i've really seen on the market yet too no much i of. haven't either so i'm digging that especially like in the summertime what was the flavor of the salad dressing charged shallot charged shallot what could i expect for what's that flavor you said um shallot is Depending on how it is, uh, the charred version is more like a smoky, duller onion. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna give like more richness. It's not just gonna be like, you know, it's not gonna be like biting into an onion. Mm. It's like s- roasted. Does the sauce? Uh, does the dressing right now is it best used um, as a like a vinaigrette or or can you do cream style like uh, salad dressing? It is a vinaigrette, but it's pretty creamy. It works really well. Yeah, it's got that balance to yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, like I've, I've seen I've that. I've had it on mixed greens. Yeah, more. me too. It's not a runny, oily type of consistency. No. It's no. got that thickness it's fully to it where it's, yeah, it flows. Yeah, right. it flows. Exactly. Um, right. It's it doesn't dump. Right. <laughs> hey, great time. Thank yes. you. Appreciate Thanks, it. Totally. We're back for a little bit of round two here. Um, Dave, I had asked you about what well, we were talking off air, but uh, I talked asking you about um, plants that will thrive, like the vision or the idea that it started with uh, Oklahoma being a place where there's going to be a lot of cultivators and it's going to be a great environment. And got us thinking, you said a lot of people left California and, uh, and more are probably going to as medical or the ability to grow outdoors goes across the country we're we're going to be opening ourselves up to a lot of different flavors aren't we yeah absolutely um you know in maine it's definitely a difficult environment outside mm-hmm. um i think it's it's pretty ideal for greenhouse um but you know it, it we have short seasons and it's cold and wet um you know we get big tropical storms in fall when yeah kind of you're trying to harvest um well, so what plants have held up best in, in yeah, your area? So, so you best, grow outdoors, I'm assuming, too, we, we as do years grow were. outdoors, yeah. You still do? We, we sure do. Yep. Um, I like growing... Uh, uh, CBD, you mentioned. Yep, we, we grow hemp outside. <laughs> oh. um, and then also we do some light depth um, in Maine. Um, so, and, and that's just, you know, making the... Pulling, like, a, essentially a tarp over... Um, 
uh, hoop house and, and shortening the days so that you can pull down, you know, two or three crops in a, in a outdoor season, um, which is fun. You know, growing strains outside, uh, I would say bubblegum has been kind of one of the best um, because it's, you know, it has a great structure. It bulks up, it doesn't bulks, it? Yeah, it's got, it's got great structure. It's not like massive nuggets, which you also have problems with with mold. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just seems to be highly mold resistant, great flavor, um, and it's quick, you know, um, which is kind of cool. An early finisher, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's one that's done really well. Um, does that uh, does that do well in extracts as well, or or as a it, as a I would say as rosin? solvent, but it doesn't really do well as as rosin. No, no, no. no. Um, but we did do GMO last year. We did Gorilla Mac, which did amazing. Um, that one was delicious. Yeah, um, you know I think it's this, a good combo. Yeah. I mean, really, and you've and you've been talking about uh, going into cakes a, uh, a little bit more or in, in a direction. Yeah. Or crossing with cakes. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that wedding cake's great. Um, I feel feel like it might lack a little bit in the flavor category, which is definitely really important. So I've been trying to cross it with more flavorful strains. But it's, you know, it's got great structure and bag appeal, um, potency. But yeah, like with the... It scale, has everything you want. Except it maybe lays down a thing. good... For, does it right. lay down enough of a... I don't know. I feel like I've gotten notes off of it before wedding cake, but, yeah, but yet it, it's not like that defined. And so what you're doing is going to define flavors. On yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to take strains and improve on them. Like for example, with Skittles, like Skittles, the flavor is, is unreal. You know, it, it tastes just like the candy, um, but the bag appeal is lacking. You know, it doesn't have very dense nuggets. It's not very frosty. It's not the most potent, but mm-hmm. if you, so if you can mix and match those, which is what I was trying to do with that cross, um, you can really make something magic. Uh, you know, same thing with the, you know, the Cali Mist GMO cross we did. Um, we wanted, we wanted the flavor of the Cali Mist, but we wanted, you know, to be able to make something out of, you know, basically you cross anything with GMO, it's going to be all of a sudden a hash strain. Yeah. Um, so we, that's what we were kind of going for with that one. Um, will there be good, uh, combinations with GMO you think in the next year or or two. Uh, yeah, there's, uh, there's, like already, on the market, there's already been, whether, there's yeah. already been a quite a few. Um, Skunkfoot uh, gave me their cut of Han Solo Burger, um, which is, I believe is uh, Larry OG by GMO, mm-hmm. um, and also Fatso, which is uh, Legend OG by GMO. So more, cu- it, it's more Kush forward um, and less kind of gym locker room, mm, if you yeah. will, stinky, stanky <laughs> onion. Uh, terps on there. So, so having said that, do you like GMO smoking it? I love GMO. Yeah, yeah it's I great th- flavor, I think, isn't I it? I think GMO is one of the best strains out there. Really, I mean, it, it hits all the boxes. It's mm. it, it takes a long time to grow it. Um, although under our new LEDs, we're we're seeing um, decreased flower times, which we're pretty excited about. Um, do you think it's uh, only due to the the lights, or is there, were well, there other changes made? Yeah, because I've heard it from other people using the same lights. AJ it, talked about that. Did you talk to him? I didn't. No, know. I I don't know if it's the same light. So Evan, do you recall, or do you know what uh, AJ uses for lights right now? It uh, could be wrong. Was he talking about CMH? Yeah, I think he uses LE, uh, LECs, light light emitting light emitting ceramics, same thing as ceramic metal halides. Okay, nice. Yeah. yeah. 
Because I remember him saying he was big, or he, that's what he was really looking into now. Well, he said that he was able to perfect the room or in a different, uh, was it nutrient lines? Was it the lighting? And he felt like he was making changes to the environment where he was able to cut down a week on flower times if needed. Like some, some significance off of that. And you just echoed that. That's what started me on that. Yeah, I was trade. really surprised to see that. I didn't really, I didn't really realize that was going to be um, something we were going to run into. Um, and then, sure enough, we heard, you know, um, other cultivators saying the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, no, I love GMO. I think it's, it's one of the best. It's super potent. It's super strong flavor. Um, you know, uh, it's, it, and it makes amazing hash. So... Mm, yeah, and does. a lot of it. And a lot of it, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you um, do you smoke hash? Is that one of the things? I smoke a lot of hash. Oh, do you? I'm probably smoking more hash these days than than flour. Surprisingly. Yeah. Did you guys? You guys um, didn't do hash for a while, was it not? Uh, and maybe um, Jordan paid. Uh, like uh, acknowledged that uh, a while back about uh, feeling like he got into it later. The idea of getting into uh, hash, making hash was a little later. Um, actually, I don't think that's really true. Jordan's been making hash. You know, he was, I don't know if he's making, we weren't making rosin back in the day, but we made plenty of, of bubble hash, especially him. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he, he kind of showed, um, you know, rosinate who we were talking about earlier yep. and, and uh, myself and, and other and many other people, you know, kind of how to make bubble hash and, and what goes into it. So, um, shout out to Jordan for being a pioneer. Um, so he's been doing it forever. He has. I mean, I mean, he's been doing it since we were teenagers. You know, so um, and you know we're we're pushing forty now. So. Mm -hmm. um, but but, um, but as far as getting um, like. Are there some flavors that you're still going to be able to bring in or bring back that now with hash? Yeah, Somebody made definitely. reference to in one of the uh, questions, uh, strawberries and cream. Are you bringing it back? We're not probably going to bring that one back. I think we're going to kind of hunt through more um, of the exotic genetics. Um, that one in particular started to herm on us on a regular right, basis. Right, it wasn't reacting um, which unfortunately we've, we've seen with, with a lot of strains over the years. I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's just some sort of genetic decline or, uh, environmental or what it is, but, um, sadly, yeah, I don't know if we'll bring that one back. Uh, in particular, I think, um, it's about it, how it's reacting in the garden. Yeah. That's, that's why. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, one strain that we've had forever, um, is our, our train wreck cut, um, which we got from our friend, um, Scott Van Valkenburg, um, who uh, owns Spruce Hill Farms. And uh, he's also the one that gifted us, or we traded uh, years ago, the train wreck and, our, and the bubble gum cut um, that we still have till today. Uh, and that train wreck makes just incredible hash. I love the, the hash way more than the flour. Mm. Uh, it's very unique, very like, got like this vanilla cake, new sneaker thing going on. It's very <laughs> unique. Evan, um, have you had that? Had what? The train wreck? Uh, mm -hmm. No? Oh, okay, I didn't know if he had it. Because Evan has a lot of hash, more so. I'm more the flower yep. smoker. Yep. No, but yeah. I am guilty, too, of shopping relatively geographic, like as far as close to Lewis and Auburn. Um, we'll have to bring because... you guys some samples for sure. Oh, wow. Dynamite! I, gotta, I know, I yeah. got to say, that more outfit. Holy moly. Well, we, we'll uh, go to you if you want us to on this one. We'll, That's fine. Yeah, we'll figure it out for sure. <laughs> we'll look you guys up. Um, 
But yeah, uh, Travis just made some amazing um, Blissful Wizard hash. Um, that's a, a strain we've had for for quite a while. It has a lot of popularity in Maine. That's cool. Um, mm. Super strong, super pain in the ass to grow. Yeah. Um, just it doesn't veg. It just takes like months Prolonged? Longer. Yeah, you have to just veg it for like six months. Somebody to, told me that to Mac decent. was a little bit of a longer veg yep. too, but, but not, Bliss, not the but, same. But Blissful Wizard blows it out of the oh, water. Oh, does it? It just takes, at least our cut, we, you know, we started from seed uh, with that one. Um, we also made, we're really excited about our papaya that we've mm -hmm. been making. That's um, a really quick strain, amazing like tropical, like kind of like overripe tropical fruit terps going on. Uh, it's absolutely delicious um we could think uh that's west coast uh genetics right uh, this I've, one or, yeah or, this one was from uh bloom seed company yeah um which were, were it's um the breeder is harry palms on instagram yep. yep and he used to be partners with uh uni of um uni seed bank or uni seed company um mm -hmm. uh they made the the tropicana together um was there a time, did you ever go, were you uh, seeking out from the California market some genetics at any time before? Had it come yeah, to I you mean, like that or like, or going to cannabis cups? Did you do the, were you, did you ever do that? We've only really participated in cups locally. Yeah. Um, here in the state. Yeah. Um, you know, we used to, I've been to, I went to Amsterdam back in the day um, a few times, a couple Great times. Great town. Yeah. Good times, good. you know, in the early 2000s. Um, which was awesome. Uh, yeah, I, yeah well, I talked about that. Did you go to the Van Gogh Museum? I sure did. Oh, yeah. what an experience. Yeah, huh? that was amazing. Yeah, that artwork, uh, that took me by surprise. And um, I'll admit, I was on psychedelics. Uh, and so Excellent. that made that. Excellent. I don't know. I don't want to put you into a spot but uh, and ask. But, uh, you know, if you know, understand like psychedelics, the movements and emotions and Everything that comes with it, I love the world changes. There we go. All right, I just wanted to let's, make let's sure. Let's legalize Same mushrooms. Company. Fuck weed. Let's you think that's next? Oh, would that, yeah. Could that oh, be? Oh yeah, it should be. Well, I would say bon voyage. Hey, bon voyage.